Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Uh-oh. I'm, like, dancing with no music, but I'm used to it now. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Station 19 After Show on AfterBuzz TV. I'm one of your hosts, Linda Entry, and I'm joined by the beautiful Sahai. Hi, Sahai. Hi, Linda. How you holding up? You know, girl, all I have to say is this. We all need to band together. It's unprecedented times. We have some technical difficulties, and we have, like, life difficulties, really, at the end of the day. But we're hanging in there. What do you think? Same. I mean, I've made brownies and have eaten half of them by myself. But, you know, we're, we're getting gaining new skills and trying to make the most of it. So, thank you. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's all we can do. So jumping right into it, what I thought was interesting about this episode, and I want to hear your thoughts on the overall episode, but it was an episode that didn't get me super emotional for the first time, but was really important in the sense that it tackled a lot of the issues that we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. What did you think? Same. There was a lot going on, and I actually watched it twice and and really felt more, had more feelings about it, uh, watching it the second time, but between the ice storyline and then this random proposal and then, you know, Travis meeting Emmett's girlfriend, there was so much and, and so many things happening all at once. Totally. So let's just jump into it. So we see uh, Travis and Maya. So Maya's on vacation with Dr. Zaluka and she doesn't know how to shut off her work mode. So she's like asking for some things. Travis is not even supposed to be there because it's his day off. And he's basically like, you're on vacation. You need to stop thinking about work. You need to get a drink and just chill. And you could see how Maya is not used to that. And I was like, you know, how many of us, especially in this day and age where we're on a time, a literal forced time out, are not used to not doing anything. We're used to like just being busy and like on our grind and like in our jobs. And Maya was taking it to heart. Did you feel the same way? Yeah, it was, you know, I wasn't surprised that she wasn't able to let go as much as Karina was. Karina was quickly on vacation mode, but Maya has that competitive spirit. And I think like a lot of us, sometimes we feel like doing the most means that you're being productive, but sometimes it's harder to kind of stay still with yourself and take that time to yourself. And I think that's what a lot of us are learning. And that's what Maya had to learn too. Agreed. And then we then see Andy. Oh, well, we don't see Andy. We see Jack looking for Andy. She's not there as she's normally not there. And he has like a reaction to that. And I thought, you know, he doesn't know that she's in love with Sullivan and she's spending her all her time there and he's having a reaction to that. What did you think of like Jack and Andy? I don't have like a 
an acronym for them, but you know, Jandy. I, <laughs> I think it um, fed into his abandonment issues. Here it is, you know, he he feels like his foster family abandoned him. And so his friend now, Andy is gone. It's, it's just, it, it kind of hit home for him. Agreed. So let's talk about Vic, uh, baby Pruitt and <laughs> Dean and that whole situation. So we see that both of them, Vic and Dean are sleep deprived. They're trying to get the crying baby down and they have like no idea of really how to do it because they're both new. We see that Vic is singing that song, Mama Away, Daddy Will Stay. And Dean is like, maybe don't sing the song that talks about her mom abandoning her. We realize that the kid, the baby Pruitt has colic and like what that entails and what you need to do with all of that. And then we see Jack come over because Jack is bored, quote unquote. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Quote because Andy's nowhere to be found. So let's go to where I used to live and where my besties are. And he's able to quiet baby Pruitt. And he's kind of like the baby whisperer. And they were just shocked. What I thought was interesting about that too is like that whole Vic and Dean dynamic, because we talked about it last week where you were like, I would love to see Vic and Dean together. And when Dean said, hey, listen, you need to put some clothes on because I don't want my baby to be confused about what's going on. I was like, oh, he's having a moment. Yeah, I, I don't think a little girl baby is going to be surprised at what Vic has under her towel, but yeah. Dean definitely would be. Um, and the fact that she's so oblivious to his feelings is hilarious to me. I love the part when he asked Jack, like, hey, did the therapist get into your head too? They were both like, no, not, no, she didn't at all, but they were both lying, so... It's interesting to see how they're both coping with this. Also, when you think about it now, Jack and baby crew are both have been abandoned by their parents. So maybe that's why they bonded. True. So do you think Dean has feelings for Vic? I think he's struggling with them. I think he does. I, you know, if they get together, it'd definitely be interesting to see. Um, Cause they're so, they're, they're the same in so many ways. So I wonder if Vic would be able to kind of like soften up with her bro and her coworker. So I I just want to see where it could go. There. Then we see uh, Ben, and Ben's kind of doing like a trial doctor run for his PRT team. team. We see first Owen, and we see that like Owen is super serious. We know that he's been in Iraq. We think, he thinks like that the PRT team and that rig is not ready. And he's like pulling stuff out and he's saying like, what are you doing? You don't have enough equipment. You're not field prep, all this stuff. And and Ben's like, well, I already have been in the field and I saved a life and I think I'm good to go, but okay. And you see him cross uh, Owen off the list, which I thought was super, super funny. Um, but I also thought, yeah, you know, our personalities definitely dictate how we respond to a situation and maybe 
uh, Owen is a little too serious for Ben. What did you think? It was so funny because I love seeing doctors from Grace Sloan in other locations. So to see them at Station 19 is always fun. Owen was suddenly became a, a general practically and Ben was like, nah. Um, but I also thought his other options were interesting. Um, if you're familiar with Grace, he also had Jackson as an option and um, two others, uh, I listed their names. So it was- uh, uh, We had uh, uh, Jackson. Teddy and Joe, yes, Teddy yes, and Joe. Exactly. So yeah. I thought that was just so funny who he thought, you know, initially this is my top four people that I could work with. And I'm, they all brought something to the table, but when they're coming into his house, they need to listen to him and they're all like type a personalities. So I'm sure some yeah. of them can't do that. Yeah. And then we see Al Andy and Sullivan and Andy and Sullivan are on their way to meet Pruitt to say that they're in love, that they're together, basically wanting her dad's approval and blessings on the relationship. And uh, you could see how nervous Sullivan was. Um, but what was funny is that, He's like, yeah, we're in love and we're together. And Pruitt is like, in love, huh? What's that got to do with me? Like, what's your plan? What are you going to do? And when Sullivan's like, yeah, we're going to report to Dixon. We're going to make it like clean and simple. And then I'll transfer to another station. All is good. And Pruitt was like, wait, what? Right? And then he started kind of like berating Andy and saying, you need to make better choices. It's not just about love. It's about your life choices and your future choices. And then he started speaking Spanish and not realizing that Sullivan also did speak Spanish as well. And it was like a hot mess. It was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. Well, what we saw there is them going from from being uh, her um, her dad's employee, Andy being her dad's employee at one point, to a father's daughter moment. Like, you know, your parents fold you all the time. They question your choices. And that's what we saw here. You know, he, Andy ha has never had a problem getting boyfriends. And like she said, you know, all my boyfriends always get nervous meeting my dad. So she's used to this. Um, but you know, Pruitt is at a difficult time in his life where he's worrying about his cancer and, and what's going to happen after he's gone. So I think that's why he was a little bit harder on her. And um, yeah. Agreed. Um, and then we see uh, Travis, Emmett, and Chief Dixon, and Alicia. And we find out that, you know, the probie has been super in the closet for many years like six years or more and that whole awkward situation where oh like come to lunch with us and let me hear how Emmett is doing and whether or not you know you're going to be as his training officer able to fast track him in the next six months or if I'm going to have to pull some strings which I thought was super interesting because that's how we got where he is right now and then backdrop is you know he's deeply in the closet he's got this girlfriend who knows nothing about his real life and Travis thrown into the mix and I thought wow this is a really kind of sad situation really to be honest yeah here it is again we have uh, a father and son a child and a parent who not only work who work together right just like Andy and her dad and again we have the 
the parent trying to lead their child where they think they should go. So I really feel sad for Emmett, but also Miss Alicia, like girl, she was, I feel like she like pushed him into doing this the whole time. Like he wasn't even worrying about her and she's the one that kind of, you know, forced him, slightly steered him into this relationship because it's what she wanted. I feel like had, you know, he not made that decision to be with her, he would have given himself time to explore his sexuality. Maybe he would still be the artist that he, he wanted to um, be all along. You think so? I think so. When she was, he, he was like, you didn't, she said, you didn't even remember me. And that's why I was like, because he wasn't worried about you, girl. He was probably looking at some cute boys on campus, not you. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose. And then she's the one that wants to propose, like, girl, calm down, let him propose to you if this is what he wants. You can't force anybody to do anything, but I think she's forcing his hand. And you see how much her his dad loves her. So again, there's that pressure. So I think poor Emma is just like succumbing to all these pressures from all these different angles. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. Um, I don't know. It's it's just really, I cannot imagine being in that situation where you're not true to yourself and you're lying and you've been lying for so many years. So you not only in a job that you hate because you want to be like an art history major, but you want to please your father or your family member, but you're also lying to a, yourself in a relationship that you're in that you're really not in. Like it just, it seems a lot. Yeah, I'm not uh, saying it's right, but this is this is what's happening in this situation. I think it stems from wanting to please your parents. And a lot of people get themselves in that situation, putting listen, their parents' needs above theirs. I, I totally get that. <laughs> As an African and having African parents where what, you're not a lawyer, doctor, engineer, you need to get your life together. I get that. Um, we see, uh, who do we see? We see the baby Pruitt, Jack, and we see Dean and we see Vic and that whole situation and how they're trying to really get a routine down, but both Dean and Vic don't know anything about babies and baby Pruitt is like crying her face off. She's not having it. We see Jack come over who's bored and is like the baby whisperer and they're shocked. And that whole situation where uh, Dean and Vicar like completely sleep deprived and Jack comes in like, hey, I miss living here. I can like woo the baby, but like maybe you and I can change places is what Dean says. The whole thing, I was like, wow, that's, that's a whole lot. Yeah, it was interesting to see Vic and Dean in this scenario as, as most new um, so as we see Ben trying to do his like trial runs for who's going to be his trauma surgeon, Owen is the first one he talks to and Owen is super serious about Iraq. Uh, he feels like the PRT team is not prepped for trauma. He's super serious. And you see how Ben kind of shuts down, like you're doing a lot, you're saying a lot and he crosses them off the list. Um, and then they flash forward uh, to Sullivan and Sullivan and Andy talking to Pruitt and Pruitt basically professing their love and Pruitt's kind of not there for it. He's like, this has nothing to do with me. You need to make better decisions, Andy, all of that. And then we fast forward to the ice situation where 
we see that Sullivan goes to the bathroom, but sees that there is like a small fire in the kitchen. Yeah. And we see how the owner is kind of like a douche and has called ice on his employees or something that's not even a super serious. What did you think of that whole thing? It, it surprised me. I didn't know that's where the story was going to go. I thought we were just going to focus on this whole big reveal of their, their relationship. And then um, this ice storyline was actually super interesting because we also got to learn about a part of uh, Sullivan's life that we we wouldn't have had this not happened. Also, we see that um, Sullivan and Pruitt had very different opinions about ICE and, and the, the purpose of their job. So that was an interesting conversation. But I really felt for the, the employees that were being berated and felt like they had to stay in a situation like that to support their families, but yet they were living in fear every day. And, um, you know, as someone who's both, who both of her parents are immigrants and, you know, my family comes from other places, you know, I know people, I grew up knowing people who didn't have their papers straight, but were in this country. So, but you, they always lived in fear. So, but that doesn't mean that they were not good people. Right. I agreed 100%. And what I thought was interesting too, was to talk a little bit about Sullivan's background and how his uh, grandfather, and I think he called him Opa, his Opa, the Mm -hmm. Nazi, and his feelings about um, illegal immigration, Nazi, and people that are being, for lack of a better term, like, abused in the system because they have no legal rights Mm -hmm. it was such an interesting story for me and something that it's true like he said like we'll see headlines or we'll see uh things happening but we'll like kind of gloss over it and keep moving but here we have people who are abusing women and children by guards in the detention centers which is equivalent to Nazi Germany and when Prue was like well that's not the same thing and that whole conversation was a conversation that I was like yeah that's something that we need to have as human beings yeah and what was interesting to me was Pruitt with a a man whose last name is Carrero who's obviously of uh, Latin descent right he was an advocate for ICE and then when he they were in the kitchen the ICE officer looked at him like, hey, you could potentially be an immigrant too. I don't care what you tell me. So yeah. it, 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 that also was another uh, talking point because a lot of times people, you know, feel like, oh, this is beyond me. This would never happen to me because I'm yeah. not like them. But in someone else's eyes, you are just like them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit uh, Maya and Dr. Luluka and them being on vacation and Maya not really being able to relax because we already know what her personality is like and Dr. DeLuca really tried to control that and make sure that she enjoys herself while she's a thousand miles away so we see how uh, Maya's calling in she wants like some records and Travis is like hey listen you're on vacation like be on vacation drink some some fancy drinks and just chill out and Maya doesn't know like how to control that and then we see Dr. DeLuca come in in her like bikini and be like, listen, like we need to just like be on vacation and was able to turn that around a little bit. And then we meet Todd who's trying to pick up 
uh, both Maya and Dr. Delusia with his friends. And uh, I called it Todd versus Maya. Mm -hmm. So he's not getting the hint. They're trying to blow him off. He's not getting the hint. So she's like, okay, let's do a push-up challenge. If I win, you buy drinks and leave us alone. If you win, you buy drinks and you can be here. And and he, it, what I thought was so funny is that he was so um, macho that he's like, yeah, I'm going to give you the opportunity to be in the game. I'll do it one hand. And Sahai, he did like maybe three push-ups and then he had to get a two hand. And I was like, oh, see, that whole machismo doesn't work. Yeah. And he ends up losing and he ends up finding out through the stereotypical guy dream where you see two girls kissing, like, hey, you kind of had no chance anyways, because these two girls are together. Did you get the same vibe? Yeah, he was he was interesting. I mean, props to both of them for being able to do push-ups. <laughs> so I commend them for that. But yeah, his, that storyline was very funny because again, I never we never see Maya outside of the station very much right and in the real world and also with her girlfriend so yeah. seeing her her this how her relationship with Karina plays out in the real world was very interesting and I like the way they handle it they didn't shy away from it they owned it and they and they taught that guy a lesson facts uh then we see Ben uh with Dr. Teddy Altman mm -hmm. and Facing like the second person he's trying to get to on his PRT team, and she's basically like, "No, I I am head of cardiothoracic department. I'm a new mom, I'm about to get married. I can't do these overnight shifts." But like, hey, listen, this is how I'm fallible. Is I'm a new mom. I'm emotional. I don't. I'm sleep deprived. All of this stuff, and it really took Ben aback because we go back to how he lost his child with uh bailey and he's still trying to heal from that yeah i thought that was a really special moment as well yeah i forgot that you know the loss of the baby is still something that they're struggling with yeah. um and it just reminds us that you know whether the child is here like dean it's difficult and when and when you lose the child it's difficult as well so there are challenges either way but um i i it made me hurt for him but the way he handled it with such grace and allowed teddy to still just glow gloat over her baby i thought that was really sweet agreed and then we made a lot of uh, alicia so earlier in the episode we see uh chief dixon proby dixon travis and his girlfriend alicia and they invite uh travis to lunch on his day off and travis like super skeptical but he goes and we see that there's like a whole backstory to Emmett and how he's had this long-term girlfriend and she wants to marry him, but he's never proposed to her yet. And she's wondering if she should propose to him and how she's always wanted to have a gay BFF uh, bestie and can Travis be there for her? All this stuff like that was based off of a lot of stereotypes but also like her age and not knowing any better because obviously she hasn't been around anyone that doesn't look and sound like her ah did you just roll your eyes i did hard because girl you went to art school you were surrounded by gay men all the time where have you been you live in seattle a major city i don't understand <laughs> this was very hard for me because 
you know, saying inappropriate things like, girl, no, talking about, oh, you don't look gay. I've already, I've always wanted a best, a gay bestie. Girl, it looks like you need a friend at all. Like you have no friends because she was super annoying. Yeah. You know what? You're super funny. And I totally agree with you. And I was like, we're in 2020, like you're in the Pacific Northwest. What, what? Like, <laughs> where have you been? And why, what, what are you saying? But what is so interesting to me is that there is a portion of the population that live in the bubble and, and the stereotypes is all that they know. They don't have like real life contact, which you can't fault them for because they've never been surrounded by. And it's kind of crazy, but Travis handles it really, really well as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then when they sat down with Dixon and Dixon asked if Emmett uh, will make Lieutenant on his own or does he have to pull some strings because he doesn't want him to have both stripes for six months. So he wants to be Lieutenant in the next six months. What does Travis as his training officer think? And Travis knows that a, Emmett is not in it to win it. B, Emmett is terrible. And when he makes the joke that, you know, maybe a few decades on the job will toughen him up, he was really making a statement. And they laughed it off. But at the end of the day, this is not what Emmett wants to do. Right. And it's not Travis's responsibility to make Emmett a good firefighter. Travis had did it himself. Everybody else did it on their own without, you know, having a leg up from their parents. I mean, maybe Andy had some support from her dad, but she still is a hard worker, you know, and it's still something she wanted. She wasn't trying to cut any corners and that's what's upsetting about that. And then don't threaten Travis because your son isn't doing well. Like that's not his responsibility. So the fact that Dixon is still like throwing his weight around and he's, he's still fairly new. It really speaks to how much uh, he's, he's a horrible boss. Absolutely. And then we, uh, flash forward to Dean and Jack and Jack at the house and Jack's still really uh, comforting baby Pruitt and they both had a, a situation where they talked about the therapy of last week and how it really didn't quote unquote affect them but they also talked about how Jack thinks that Dean is a prince and a prince or something he says And Dean's like, yeah, that's possibly true, but I'm cut off because again, his parents are not accepting his new baby and therefore are not funneling money to him and how hard the reality was. And I just thought that that was a really true moment. And it's a true moment. And I can speak for myself specifically where when you have like hardcore African parents and they want you to do specifically what they want you to do because they birthed you, and you need to represent them. So why are you not a lawyer, doctor, engineer, or in Dean's case, in finance? And now, fast forward, you're in your 30s and you're having this illegitimate baby and no like plan. Yeah, you're cut off. And I just thought that that was so relevant, especially to us millennials right now where you're like, in this crazy situation with the coronavirus and and trying to live your life and all of a sudden if you have a baby or if you have kids or whatever you throw that into the mix like how does that whole thing play out and I just thought it was super relevant did you have the same feeling uh my first 
like red flag was when he said Nigerian prince. I was like, wait a minute, is he trying to compare, is Jack trying to compare Dean to the scammers, like the stereotype of the Nigerian prince scammers? I was like, wait a minute, is that a, what kind of jab is that? So that's what popped up in my head initially, but I know he was just, you know, joking. But, um, you know, I, I, it's weird for me because Dean is, is employed. He's not on drugs. He's a responsible individual, right? So to me, he's doing well. He, he has purpose and, he, and he's also doing something that he loves. So the fact that his parents still judge him, even though he's, he's a good guy and living a good life, it, it's interesting to me. Um, and I think it's all perspective. That's not, I, I've always been, my perspective is different from that. I don't have a parent that is pressuring me to be what they want. They've allowed me to kind of be independent. And so I've kind of always made my own decisions based on what I wanted to do. Um, so it was, it's, it's, it's just interesting for me to observe it go a different way. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, unless you're, you're, and I think it's, but one thing I will say is that it was Dean's fault for taking his parents' money all those years. And like he said, had I been smart, I would have saved it. So he was being a little bit of a, a big baby and like taking handouts from his parents. He could have, he could have stopped taking their money a long time ago to show them from back then that they, he, that he was an independent man. You know what? I totally appreciate you saying that. And you know what I love about having this and a, like a panel and discussions is that we have such different point of views and they're all relevant. Um, him being Nigerian, me being Indian, I kind of know where he's coming from and I kind of understand the fact that, yeah, you have free will, but really without African parents, you kind of don't. Um, so I just think it's so interesting where, like, even the part where you, where Jack says, like, oh, I thought you were like a prince. Mm -hmm. In Africa, a lot of us are from royalty, right? And 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 being in America, and a lot of uh, Black Americans not knowing their history and not knowing that they actually come from, like a royal descent mm -hmm. it, it just shows like the balance that is not there so for me coming from like ashanti tribe mm -hmm. and knowing that there's that lineage and mm -hmm. a lot of people not knowing their lineage mm -hmm. i just thought that this was like a beautifully written script and played out super well because it shows that in today's day and age, there's a lot of people that really don't know their history and, and whether that's okay or not okay, it's it's a real thing, right? Yeah. And so I, I just think like it's amazing all the things that as as we grew up, we learn and as as we grow up the things that we have to deal with, especially in America. Yeah, I think um, it's also perspective though. In addition to culturally, it's perspective. Like I come from a single parent home, so I learn to rely on me and just me. I don't have like a safety net of the two parents that are, you know, established that you can get money from. So it's 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 also just like uh how you were raised and the support system. Dean fortunately has that support system of a family that could support his him financially and that's not everyone so it, it does give me my perspective and my lens is totally different from his regardless of uh of uh, culture as in addition to culture you know agreed agreed 
we go back and we flash back to the luncheon with Sullivan and Pruitt and Andy and how we find out a lot about Sullivan's background, his opa, his opa being a Nazi and uh, kind of linked into the war propagandist who had a war memoir um, and why she became a Nazi. And he comes home at 12 years old, puts his book down because he's doing like a book report and finds out that his opa is completely involved in this whole situation and has sadness because he knows he's like, today's the day you start to hate me. And not that he regretted being found out, but he's regretting that Sullivan, his grandson, found out about his history. Um, and then we see how that whole plays into this whole ICE situation and how uh, Pruitt feels about the strict rules about coming into America versus how Sullivan's like, you know what? It's similar. It might not be the same, but it's very similar. And we have to think about human rights. We have to think about the abuse of women and children by guards and det detention centers. And if we do nothing, what happens next? And what kind of country do we live in? And that whole debate, I mind blown. Yeah. I was like, these are the conversations that we're not having right now in America, especially now that we're in a pandemic. But, you know, think about this. You as American citizen, me as a permanent resident and dealing with the pandemic and how mm -hmm. we're gonna navigate the next few months, whether we have lost our jobs and are going on unemployment or we still are working from home or we have support systems or not, there's a bunch of illegals here who do not have that safety net. So not only are they dealing with, hey, I don't have a job today and I don't have an income today. I don't have the refuge of going back home or I don't have the refuge of filing for unemployment or for the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sahai? I'm, I don't have the luxury of getting the- Financial assistance. Financial like assistance from the, yeah, from the government. So what am I gonna do? Yeah. Yeah, no. In real life, like 1,000%. And in addition to people who are illegal immigrants, there are the homeless who were already in a bad situation before this. People with mental health issues who were, again, already in a bad situation prior to this with limited resources, limited people available to help them. So this pandemic only amplifies that and it only makes it worse for people who already had it hard. So yeah. yeah, I totally agree. And that's why Pruitt surprised me. But he reminded me of those OG people that, you know, came to the country and got, and, and I don't know if he was American citizen, but you know, I can't remember. I think he said something about it, but um, American citizen, excuse me. But uh, you know, some people who are old school, they came to this country, got worked and got their papers and they're an American citizen and they're very proud of that. And yeah. they forget that it's not that easy for everyone. And, yeah. and then he had to be brutally reminded of that. And I think even today, my grandmother, who has been a citizen for years, you know, when Trump was talking about uh, taking away citizenship from people who came here from other countries and have been citizens for years, it, it still, you know, that you never know what laws are going to change to put you right back where you started. Absolutely.
it's crazy. Uh, we see Alicia approach Travis, uh, and her <laughs> stereotypes where she says, you seem so straight. Uh, she's always wanted a gay best friend. She wants to get married to Emmett, but Emmett has not proposed after six years. Should she do it? And we have that whole conversation where Travis knows what Emmett's true self is and is able to say, hey, listen, you know what? The life of a firefighter is an easy firefighter and firefighters don't always grow old. And so you have to be able to be comfortable with that and know that you might not grow old with this man because his job might take his life. And she was like, well, basically, will you look up for him as his training officer and will you make sure that he's okay so that I can be with him forever? I thought that that was a really crazy moment. And it also gave Travis a lot of perspective where he's in this relationship with someone who's in another relationship that is an untrue relationship relationship and it was really sad like yes. really sad that, that Emmett can't live his truth or chooses not to well it's funny because here it is you have these two straight new people coming and leaning so hard on Travis Emmett is leaning on him as a crutch and and a, a, as a safe space where he can be his his normal his his real self and then here you got Alicia now leaning on him saying, hey, please protect my guy. But that, that is not Travis's responsibility at all. Yeah. And it was very unfair of them. And then again, Alicia, stop being so thirsty. Like, gosh, no, it's not. You protect your man. Let Travis do his job and worry about himself. And maybe if you focus on, on, on uh, Emmett a little bit more, you would see that he really is a gay man. <laughs> Facts. Uh, we see... Uh, Jack and Dean and and Jack trying to kind of be gossipy, saying Andy's seeing someone. We saw that, you know, he came in with coffee earlier in the episode and Andy was nowhere to be found. Then we see that first incident where uh, Sullivan went to the bathroom and uh, we see the illegals in the kitchen. There's a fire. The owner calls Ice. Ice shows up and Sullivan again because we know his history with his grandpa, Opa, he's like, no, I can't do nothing. So he goes there to defend um, not only the fire, but the illegals are, that are there. And Andy goes to support him. And then we also see um, Pruitt go to support them and that whole thing and how that whole plays out in the power play between government agencies and how it truly is for not only like the whistleblowers, but the people that are being blown on, right? So the whistleblower thinks he's going to walk away. Oh yeah, you you screwed my business. So I'm going to send you away, even though you've worked here for years and how the fallout of that. And I just loved how Andy Sullivan and Pruitt banded together to save all of these people that have put in years of their lives to support their families and had no issues with the government all of a sudden ice is there to swoop them away put them in a detention camp and that's it like it's not okay right yeah they became like a super super squad they were a super squad and i loved it <laughs> and then we see bat ben and, and avery so 
Ben is still checking off his list. We see Avery. And I knew when Avery got there that that's your dude. That's, yeah. your dude. that's who's going to be on your PRT team. He might be in plastic, but he also is really good, like Ben said, under pressure. Uh, so they get their first call while he's doing like the introduction. I thought it was funny that how uh, Jackson was like, can I get on the pole and go down the pole? That's like, that's everyone's thing. Yeah. Uh, we also see Maya freak out about the four alarm. So there's a four alarm going to be a five, five alarm uh, fire. And she has a panic attack and Dr. DeLuca is, is able to hone in on Andy's inconsistencies and maybe What's the word I'm looking for to highlight? She was like able, yeah, and, and able to, yeah, she was able to calm, focus, soothe her fears. Yeah, and focus her in back on, hey, listen, we're in this moment, you're thousands of miles away, and you're not just about your job that doesn't just define you, which I thought was like a beautiful moment. Um, then we fast forward to Jack, Dean, and Vic, which I thought was funny, where they were playing rock, paper, scissors to see who's going to take care of baby Pruitt. And we see that Dean realizes like, hey, that's my flesh and blood. If I die, that's my baby and that baby's going to be alone. Um, and then we get to the five-star fire and it's a fire with titanium shavings. Uh, they've been battling it for the last five hours. There's sharp mill, there's an explosion, there's burn victims. And we see how um, not only do all the firefighters from all the city band together, but we see how Avery's a part of it, Ben's a part of it. And we see that, you know what I think? Sahai is that Avery's the new doctor for the PRT team because, you know, he's got no woman now. He's got all the free time. And if you guys watch Grace, which I really encourage you guys to watch Grace because it transfers over and we kind of see more of what happens with the non-crossovers. But He's going to be a part of Ben's team. And I just thought that that was amazing. Yeah, but I was like, does this mean, this is a huge leap. That means Jackson is leaving Grays or- No. Gonna, okay. Because I was like, is he going to do both? Like, how's he going to juggle that? Because Vic he, he's saw him. He's, yeah. he's going to be on Grays and on Station 19. Okay. Our team is not going to always be called out. But when they call, they call him out, Avery will be there. Okay. So I just think it's beautiful. It's part of the whole Shondaland thing. And this is a really good episode. I think they dived into a lot of issues that are real day issues that we're dealing with without having me like crying 24 seven. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Let's dive into some news and gossip real quick. Sure. So as we mentioned, we got to learn a lot about Dr. Sullivan, but Actually, there were parts of the story that were true to his real life. So we know Boris Kojo. We've loved him and lusted after him for many years. But what parts of the episode were actually true? Well, he is half German. His mother, Ursula, is German and partially of Jewish descent. And his father, Eric, is Ghanaian from Ghana. Yes, yes. It's, I don't want it, to, it said, according to the research, it said the Ga Ad, Adengbe people. How do you say yeah, that? Yeah, so Ga, Ga is a tribe. So there's, there's a Shanti tribe, there's Ga tribe, there's a but there's hundreds and hundreds of tribes. So, oh, yeah. so you just say it for short, you just say Ga, the Ga tribe. Ga, yeah. Okay. So um, also, and you remember in the, in the show, he said that his parents were both physicians, and that's actually true. His mother is a psychologist, and his father is a physician as well. 
also he does have an actual connection to the Holocaust. His matrilineal great grandmother was Jewish and was murdered in the Holocaust. And his maternal grandmother survived the war in hiding. Also, last but not least, you remember Andy was like, well, he does speak Spanish. And he was like, un un poquito. Like, I I speak a little bit. And that is actually true. He does speak some Spanish, but he's actually fluent in German, English, and French. So shout out. Love it. Love it. I love that. I love that. Everything about that. we normally do some fire facts, but I'm leaving fire facts to this, guys. I know that we are living through unprecedented times mm-hmm. and we are in a pandemic. And I keep seeing a couple of things. If you guys want to contribute and you can't contribute, you can afford to contribute. There are a lot of children who are at home that, that got most of their meals from school and they're not in school anymore so if you're local area wherever you are you can contribute a few dollars to help feed those children that would be great and the second thing that's heavy on my heart are people who are in abusive relationships and now they're stuck at home 24 7 with their abusers um i read an article very recently where there are a lot of pharmacies that have code words for uh victims of domestic domestic abuse where you can go and say whatever the code word is for your city and they can come and help you so if you can contribute to that then those are the things that are important to me um and important in this time and day versus my fire facts so (laughs) that being said uh one quick prediction from you before we sign off sahai I mean, this whole uh, Jackson joining the PRT team, I think you're right. I think that's definitely going to happen. I just don't know how he's going to juggle it. Uh, My prediction is that Pruitt, when he talked about missing being being a firefighter and and doing all of that, I think Pruitt's going to realize that he needs to get uh, the surgery or the treatment that he needs, and he's going to do it, and he's not going to die. Oh, love that. Love that. Also, you know, like Linda said, we are doing something different with these Zoom shows. And I just want to thank everyone who's continued to watch, uh, especially the folks from last week, Dama Plate, Gemini 3, Tim and Tia Diaz. Thank you guys so much for rocking with us as we switch things up and hope everyone out there is staying safe. Absolutely. So we appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us. And you know we're filming from home, and I know there's like some kinks here and there, but we love you guys. We love Station 19. We love Shondaland, and we will keep doing this as long as we have to do it. And definitely make sure to like, subscribe, and comment because we are definitely interactive. You guys can find me all across social media at Linda So Girly and Sahai. Where can they find you? You can find me at Say Hi Sahai. Until next week, same time, same place. Bye for now, guys. Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.